This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 812, you're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today, the 18th of October. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the Rutherford County Library System and all the different things happening within the library and all the different branches throughout our area. And today, we have Garrett Crowell with us and also Dave O'Flat. Now, I'm going to mess up your last name because that's it's only natural to mess up your last name. <laughs> Is it O'Flattery? It's O'Flaherty. O'Flaherty. And, and I always get it wrong, I think. It's all right. You're not the only one. I got the first <laughs> name right, though. <laughs> well, I, I guess starting off this morning, what are some of the topics or things that are happening at the local library branches all across our community? Um, well, on October 29th, we'll be having a haunted hijinks event at Linebaugh from 10 until 4. We're going to be giving away comics and candy. Uh, we'll have some activities. Uh, there'll be a spooky escape room as well. So come by and uh, check that out. Now, I understand that escape room is going to be based on a uh, popular TV show, I think. It's a show called Stranger Things. That's pretty strange. Which streams on <laughs> Netflix. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be based on that. It's going to have that sort of theme. And, again, of course, Halloween being this month, it's always good to have, uh, you know, events geared towards the stuff that's a little creepy out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's fun. <laughs> Definitely. And, and what else is happening within the local libraries? Well, that same day, we're actually going to have some uh, all-ages activities, too. There's going to be a movie for the kids on the 29th. Um, so while some people are upstairs doing the escape room, which should also be, I mean, that's discretionary all ages. There'll be some other stuff downstairs in the kids section that'll be geared more toward them. You know, I, I think for those listening who may be new to our area, they probably don't realize all the different events that take place through the library system. You, you guys have a ton of stuff all throughout the year. Oh, yeah. We have something going on almost all the time. If it's not a story time that's actually in the library on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, then it's a special event like this, or we're having a, the, was it Skype a scientist? Is that tomorrow? Skype a scientist is tomorrow at 3.30 at Linebaugh in our club room. So what is a Skype of scientist? Skype a scientist. So Skype it's scientist. where you get to ask questions of a scientist on Skype. That, that would be pretty cool. The last one was a geneticist, I think. Do you, does it say what this one is? It's climate science. They're going to be speaking with Professor David Hill, uh, and that's intended for uh, older elementary school students, uh, about third grade on up to 12th grade. You know, it seems like, at least for me, the older I got, the more curious I got about literally everything under the sun. Yeah. Um, whereas younger kids, of course, they ask every question you could imagine. <laughs> Why is the sky blue? Why do you have so many books in the library? I mean, just on and on and on. But there are so many wonders to the world today, more so than ever, I'd say. Are kids still just as curious as kids always have been? I mean, my kids are grown, and so like I don't necessarily interact with that, you know, that curiosity at home every day. But I still see bright eyes in the library every day, and I still get kids coming up to the desk asking questions about their favorite book or a subject that's on their mind. Uh, yesterday, we had Rosie the Reading Dog came in. And uh, she's mainly there to facilitate literacy. So a kid who's a little uncomfortable 
with their reading level instead of reading for another kid or even an adult they can read to the dog and rosie was an irish wolfhound so that's a big dog but uh, a lot of the kids who came to see her i mean you could see that wonder and that curiosity like it was they were impressed with the dog and then also the opportunity to read now how has our library system here locally changed over the years compared to you know even 10 years ago because i know there have been a lot of changes um wow gosh 10 <laughs> years ago let's see um we didn't have the tech 10 years ago we didn't have the tech we didn't have self-check 10 years ago uh we have more we we have a, a regular strategic development plan that we engage in that process and those plans tend to last between four and five years and so the last plan that we came out of solicited um, community like what what the community wanted and so we've expanded into more comfortable spaces we changed the look of our computer labs we've changed some of the services that we've offered um, and we're doing that again we're literally going through the strategic development process again right now so when we come out of that there'll be even more changes in this day and age as fast as technology changes you literally have to have a meeting you know at least once a year on going through and keeping up to date with the changes being made across America. I mean, I think if our tech, if our if our IT department heard you say once a year, they would heckle us gently. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, like they, I think they have regular, like they're they're up to date on stuff like day by day. And it's cool what you can do locally, like uh, printing in 3D as an example. Oh yes. Yeah. H how cool is that? It's super cool. Yeah. There were some examples on I think our Facebook page of some 3D printing that. The MGL folks did at the tech yesterday, and I don't know if it's for a project or just for personal use or whatever, but it was this really neat little pink box with feet and eyes, and it was like, I don't know, an anthropomorphic storage unit it looked like to me. It was neat. And of course, 3D printing is one of those things that's been around for a while, but I can remember when you know, the home version of the 3D printer was first being sold in stores and how crazy expensive it was, right. and now those costs have come down but not to the point where everybody's going to go to run out and buy one no but you've got them in the library that people can use we do yeah well, you have to you have to take a class on how to use it and then there's some basically it's like using the hardware so you don't break it and using the software so that you design something that's actually feasible to print but once you do that yeah you book time with it and you can print things on our 3d printers and again we're talking about the rutherford county library system another cool thing that can be done within the library system is making your own podcast and you know for anybody listening i would encourage them if they're thinking about doing a podcast but never have actually done it i would say go by the library first record you know two or three of them see if it's something you're going to enjoy before you make that investment of buying a microphone and you know downloading and purchasing the software to actually record and produce a podcast because there's a lot that goes into it yep and they can uh the tech's got some very nice uh recording studios and they're putting in uh video editing right yeah kevin was talking about having a full video editing suite online i don't know when so i'm not going to make promises but yeah, he was talking about moving from just the, the audio editing into the video editing. Again, this morning, Dave and Garrett with us from the Rutherford County Library System. And going back to the event that we opened with, the hijinks. Uh, let's go back <laughs> to that. Tell us a little bit more about it and, and, and where is this going to take place? Uh, it's going to take place at Lime Ball on Saturday, October 29th um, from 10 until 4. 
that day we'll be giving away candy and comic books um, they're going to be showing uh, Coco and Hotel Transylvania during the day there's going to be the spooky escape room upstairs on the second floor uh, in our conference room uh, and I'm, sh I'm leaving stuff out uh, our own Rick Rashaw is going to be there doing illustrations for the patrons and that's always very popular uh, when he does that so on the 29th, and this is open to the public and oh, yes. geared towards certain age groups or no? No, all ages. I mean, like that. we think that obviously the kids' movies, you know, are some of the more popular Pixar movies and things from the last few years, so adults can enjoy those too. Definitely. But the escape room will require some, some multi-age help, we hope, to get through. We're going to make that a little bit harder to solve. And I know we've got another 15 minutes of show here that we're going to air in just a second that was actually produced within one of the podcast booths That's that right. you have at the library. But one of the interesting things that came up in that podcast we're about to air uh, was talking about book banning and different books being requested to be banned all across the country. And when I heard that, I thought, I didn't even know this kind of stuff was still happening oh, where yeah. people were trying to censor books we don't get a lot of it and our position like that of the ala has never really changed libraries are anti-censorship our job is to have things for people to see and for them to make up their own minds about it so if there's going to be censorship of stuff for a younger group then that should happen between the parents and that younger group and not from the level of the library uh, that said there is a form that anybody who wants to can come and fill out and we do request that the person have read the book before they fill that form out because it's easy to take an image or a single word out of context and think that the whole book is objectionable and needs to be removed. But once they've read the book, if they want to fill that form out, we'll, we'll consider the book. I mean, it's one of those things where there's no guarantee that it will stay or leave, but it is a consideration form. It makes us take another look at it. Hey, you know, I'm glad you pointed out we suggest that you read the book first Definitely. before filing some kind of complaint because book titles, just like movie titles, they're meant to grab your attention. They're meant to say, hey, look at me. Right. And that's the whole point of having some type of a, a catchy book title. So I can see where a lot of people in this day and age would simply take a title and then complain. Well, and even an event in a book, if you just pull out that one event and say, this has no value because it has this one event in it, that event may be the bad thing in the book that spurs the rest of the action that teaches a lesson or that tells a good story or that has some other, you know, other net result other than just that one thing. So it, everything has to be put in context. And I would venture to guess that you take anybody's life, put it into a biography. There's going to be events in your life, my life, all of our lives that say, wow, I can't believe he went through this. She did hey that, now, or, or so forth. I mean, I was going to say, if you're honest, then yeah, I mean, there's going to be something. That's right. We're both sitting over here laughing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nobody that I think would survive that kind of you know microscopic investigation. That's so, right. Yeah. So so in other words, books from biography to fiction, they're going to have something in them that is going to offend somebody on some level at some point. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of libraries now have taken to posting that a good library has something in it to offend everyone. I can, I can see so, that. So, yeah. <laughs> and again, we're going to be uh, airing that little segment here in just a second, so you'll be able to hear more about that, uh, banning books, and also about more events taking place 
throughout the Rutherford County Library System. And as we close this morning, there are branch locations in Murfreesboro, in Smyrna, in Eagleville. I mean, all over Rutherford County. The MGL at Patterson Park. That's right. And the Tech. The Tech, and and going back to the Tech, the Tech's a cool place. You know, that's out there on, what is it, the Hobgood Elementary Yeah, campus, yeah. It's a cool place. Yeah, actually, Kathleen messaged me while we were talking. She's in charge over there at the Tech and wanted me to mention that they just got a new resin printer. So, print. I would love to be able to explain that to you, but I can't. I don't know what that is. I assume that it prints in the same way that a 3D printer does using some sort of resin, but I don't know what that is. So prints cool stuff with some type of plastic material, and there we'll, you have it. Yeah, we'll, we'll assume that for now. And then we also have to bring up our historical research center so that Lisa Ramsey oh. doesn't get her feelings hurt. Um, you know, over It's on Rice? It's on Rice. It's within the Rutherford County Archives. So uh, if you're researching local history, you have one-stop shopping there. Very cool. And uh, researching, especially family history, or maybe if you own a business, researching information about your business from right. years past when maybe a different family member owned it. That's also extremely fascinating. In fact, anything local when it comes to history is usually pretty fascinating. Yeah. Again, talking about the Rutherford County Library System, and we're going to talk even more about the libraries and different events coming up in just a minute. So make sure you stay with us. Then later on this morning's program, we'll be talking with Chad Gerke, the manager of the Murfreesboro Airport, and we'll be learning about a different event that is on the way, and that is a STEAM event. And we'll also talk about the library system and how they're involved with the STEAM event locally as well in just a few minutes. Time right now, 8.25. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to demasesrestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants, Go to DemasesRestaurants.com, Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper (laughs) going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. Laugh. (laughs) See the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest picture. News Channel 5 helps you out the door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Schleicher joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert Center this morning. <laughs> Take a good look girl. right there at this dark. It's something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up and going. A better day. Wednesday is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. 
Hello from the Rutherford County Library System. This is Amanda bringing you library news and events from our five branches around the county and what's going on at your library system. On Saturday, October 29th, the Tennessee State Library and Archives is presenting a free Family History Day event. Family History Day has something to offer anyone wanting to research their family history, from beginners to seasoned genealogists. This year's featured presentation is Welcome Home, Unlocking History Through the Places We Live, led by librarian Trent Hanner. Hanner will show attendees tools they can use to research the history of their home, utilizing the library and archives' extensive collections. Whether your family has called Tennessee home for generations or you are new to the area, you can discover the stories of your community by learning how to research the places where we live and work. The archives will be open with staff and volunteers from the Friends of the Tennessee State Library and Archives on hand to assist visitors as they trace their family history. Attendees are encouraged to bring whatever information they have, including names, dates, and places. The Library and Archives is located at 1001 Representative John Lewis Way North on the northeast corner of Bicentennial Capitol Mall State Park, across from the Tennessee State Museum. Parking is available for guests in the Library and Archives garage. For more information, call 615-741-2764 or visit tn.gov forward slash TSLA. In 2021, libraries of all types stepped up to meet the needs of their communities as they responded to the impacts of the second year of the global pandemic. Library staff in every state faced an unprecedented number of attempts to ban books. ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom tracked 729 challenges to library, school, and university materials and services in 2021, resulting in more than 1,597 individual book challenges or removals. Most targeted books were by or about Black, Indigenous, People of Color, or LGBT plus persons. Read more about the top 10 most challenged books of 2021 and libraries' response to the pandemic in the State of America's Library Special Report, Pandemic Year 2, available online at ALA.org. Remember, all branches of the Rutherford County Library System will be closed Friday, November 11th for Veterans Day and Thursday and Friday, November 24th and 25th for Thanksgiving. Now let's hear from Lineball Youth Services. Hello, this is Katie Turner, Youth Services Coordinator at Linebaugh Public Library. And this is Emily Garrett, Youth Services Assistant at Linebaugh. We've been having such a blast with our story times this fall. Each week, we feature stories and songs from a different country. We finished our tour of South America in September, and now we're in Europe for the next several weeks. You can travel with us in our all-ages story times every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 a.m. It's been fun to learn children's songs in other languages and to feature folktales in our puppet shows. Our littlest patrons can join in the fun every Thursday at 10 a.m. for Itty Bitty Story Times. The Tennessee STEAM Festival brings science, technology, engineering, art, and math to life at events across the state. This year's STEAM Festival runs October 14th through the 23rd. Mindbot is participating with two special STEAM events. The first is our October Skype a Scientist on Wednesday, October 19th at 3.30 p.m., where we will talk with a climate scientist. This event is intended for upper elementary through high school students. Our second STEAM Festival event is brought to us by the MTSU Chemistry Society. They'll be with us to celebrate Mall Day on Saturday, October 22nd at 10 a.m. with a variety of fun science experiments perfect for curious minds of all ages. Another program we're excited about is the return of our Friday Family Films. 
Once a month, we'll show a family-friendly, G or PG-rated movie. These films will loosely follow our storytime travels around the world. October's Friday Family Film will be on October 28th at 3pm. We're not allowed to advertise the title, but the title character put the glad in Gladiator. Don't miss Halloween fun at Limebaugh's Haunted Hijinks event Saturday, October 29th. We'll have G and PG children's movies playing in the youth services program space throughout the day. For our older kids and families, check out the Stranger Things escape room on the second floor. All of Lineboss clubs have resumed their regular meetings. The Youth Magic Club, Lego Junior Club, Girls Who Code Club, and Reading Pause program can all be found on our website calendar or on our Library Systems Facebook page. We're starting a new series for our homeschool friends on Monday, November 14th at 11 a.m. called Library 101. Join us on the second Monday of every month for a tour, class, or game designed to help kids better navigate the library. Also on November 14th, we have a special sensory evening planned for children with sensory processing issues at 4 p.m. Love Learning Music will be with us to provide an afternoon of low-stimulation music activities and to talk with families about music therapy resources in our community. For more information about any of Limeball Library's programs, please contact 615-893-4131, extension 114, visit our youth services page at rclstn.org, or follow us for all of our events on the RCLS Facebook page. We hope to see you soon at Linebaugh. We have lots of books at our Rutherford County Library Systems Libraries. But did you know about these five things that we also offer that aren't books? Recording studios. Yes, we have two studio locations at the Technology Engagement Center and at the Myrtle Glanton Lord Branch in Patterson Park. You book a time to use a studio space to record a podcast or music or radio spot. Just visit our room booking tab at rclstn. Org. Notary services. All five of our RCLS branch libraries have notary publics who can authorize your signature on important documents at no charge. Meeting rooms. We have several meeting rooms available to reserve online on a first-come, first-served basis. The Lineball, Smyrna, TEC, and MGL locations all have space for you. Do you need a computer, scanner, copier, or fax? We have those available at RCLS. Public computers and scanners are free to use, while copies and facts are at a small charge. Free ebooks, e-audio, movies, and music through our Libby and Hoopla apps. Enjoy our digital resources for free with your RCLS library card. These are just the tip of the iceberg for all the great things you can find at your local RCLS public library. Six locations and a bookmobile to serve you every day of the year. Explore, imagine, engage at RCLS. Hello, my name is Antoinette Van Zelm, and I would like to invite you to become a member of the Friends of Linebaugh Library. The Friends supports our local libraries by sponsoring programming, helping with the purchase of equipment and technology, and recognizing the staff for a job well done. To join Friends, email us at foll in the borough at gmail.com or simply come by Linebaugh, Myrtle Glanton Lord Library at Patterson Park or the Technology Engagement Center to get a membership brochure. We look forward to your support. Thank you. Join us for Haunted Hijinks at Lineball Library on October 29th. You can have a frighteningly good time from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Comics, toys, games, and activities, candy. Ask your mummy to bring your friends. Hello, it's Kathleen from the Technology Engagement Center. We are located at 306 Minerva Drive in Murfreesboro, right next to Hobgood Elementary School. It's October, so there are spooky happenings at the Tech these days. 
Our story time meets on Mondays. We enjoy books that inspire and teach about nature, art, technology, space, time travel, and everything in between. This month, we've added a little spooky twist, so come join us. Say hello to Tiny Tech. This is a fun STEAM program for parents and pre-Ks to learn about the scientific method and create a fun craft at the same time. In October, we've got creepy critters and spooky science going on. Tiny Tech is designed for ages 2 to 5, but all are welcome. If you have an older kiddo, Tinker Tech is a similar STEAM club aimed for elementary ages. We'll be enjoying the same spooky subjects, but with different experiments. Tinker Tech is more complex, so if you bring a younger sibling, parents will need to plan on assisting. Tiny and Tinker Tech happen twice monthly on the second and fourth weeks. Watch the library website and social media for more details or call us. These programs are free and open to the public and no pre-registration is required. Visit the Technology Engagement Center on October 20th at 6 o'clock for an introductory course on the tarot. We will examine the storytelling elements of the world's oldest card decks, look at its ancient history, and relate the archetypical characters of the tarot to modern-day interpretations. We'll also discuss the controversial history of tarot throughout the ages. This event is the first in a new series of adult programming coming to the tech. Recommended ages for this event are 16 and up. If you're under the age of 16 and would like to attend, please bring a parent or adult guardian. Have you ever wondered how people once told time without a watch? Or traveled from place to place with no GPS, map, or compass? How did sailors successfully travel to faraway lands across the sea? Let's learn about navigating with the stars, about constellations and their stories, together. The Tech is hosting an event for the Tennessee Steam Festival. Join us at 4 o'clock on Wednesday the 19th and look to the stars. We are preparing for Die November with our kids' programs. Alan from Earth Experience will be visiting our Tiny Tech event on Tuesday, November 8th and we have some roaring good ideas planned for the entire month. Here's some great news. TinkerTech has been such a hit, we're offering it at two different times beginning in November, 11.30 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Thanks for communicating with us. It helps us so much when we know what works best for our community. We have a tween take-and-make planned for Dia de los Muertos with a sugar skull you can decorate. Available November 1st while supplies last. New event at the Tech. We're starting an adult maker group. The first meeting will be on November 10th at 6 p.m. We are welcoming crafters and makers of all kinds. Bring a project you're working on or an idea to share. Interests can run from crystal beads to concrete stepping stones. We'll have something planned if you prefer a group activity. We have our makerspace primed. We're just figuring this out, so get in on the ground floor. On Saturday, November 19th, OCAS is hosting a Girls Who Code Hackathon at the Technology Engagement Center. A theme will be provided. The kids will create a tech project related to that theme. It will be judged, and there will be prizes. Watch the library website and social media for more information. As always, these library events are free and open to the public. This is Marley Dancy from Lionbell Public Library. Along with our regularly scheduled group meetings at the library, we have several items of note for the coming weeks. 
Our newest monthly meeting is for anyone interested in drawing. The first Friday of each month in the second floor conference room, you can join the uninstructed portrait drawing class. All levels are welcome. This three-hour session with a live model is a fun way to practice or hone your drawing skills. Registration is required and a $15 model fee is needed for each participant. You can visit the rclstn.org calendar to register for the next class, which is Friday, November 4th at 9.30 a.m. The Rutherford County Master Gardener Series draws to a close on Saturday, November 4th at 9 a.m. with an opportunity to learn more about how to become a Master Gardener. There will be several Master Gardeners with whom you can talk and you'll have a chance to fill out an application for membership in this great organization. Be on the lookout for more classes on gardening in 2023. Friends of the Lineball Library will host 2022 pen pal author Abby Rosser at Lineball on Thursday, November 10th at 6 p.m. She will speak about her Dooley Creed series, Believe, Hope, and Remember. The program will take place in the youth services area and light refreshments will be served. This event is free and open to the public. Our monthly local author book signing features Mark Alexander McClish on Saturday, November 12th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. He will be signing and selling copies of his book at Hara Sonder. Come by, talk to the author, and purchase your autographed copy. To check out these and other events at Lineball, visit our website at rclstn.org. The Rutherford County Library System comprises six branches in a bookmobile throughout Rutherford County, including Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Eagleville, Patterson Park, the Technology Engagement Center, and the newly opened Historical Research Center. Please check our calendar at rclstn.org and social media for a full list of virtual and in-person programming and events. For a list of all the events you heard here today and more information, call 615-893-4131 or visit rclstn.org. When you have fire, water, or storm damage, Fair Construction can help. Fair Construction is also there to help when a car slams through the wall. Call Farrah Construction and we'll board up, put down tarps, secure your home or business until the insurance coverage is approved. Call Farrah Construction at 615-893-6120. I'm Ron Hall, shop local. Let our family business help you, Farrah Construction Company. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.42, you're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today the 18th of October, and now in studio during the second half of the program from the Murfreesboro Municipal Airport, we have Chad Gerke and also Ryan Holsey, and we're going to be talking about an upcoming event. And uh, I guess in reality, the STEAM Festival, if you would, started a couple of days back. But this is ongoing, and then there's going to be a big to-do event coming up on Saturday. So, Chad, what all is happening? Well, it's a a neat event where we're going to be uh, highlighting some uh, science and technology and math and art at the airport where you can really see all those things in action. So Ryan has really gotten together a lot of neat aircraft and people to come out and be able to really show children of all ages, hands-on, some all those things in action that we get to play with every day in aviation. Now you're going to have a Chinook helicopter actually landing out there on, what, this Saturday? Yes. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll come in that morning before the event. So all these are static displays for kids to be able to crawl around in, sit in the cockpit. They're going to have staff here showing off the, the equipment. They're going to have a, a light equipment transport vehicle. It's a big army tow truck, basically, as well as a, a dozer. They're, they're, so they're bringing out some ground support equipment to show off and let all the families hang out in. Now, are, are kids still just as fascinated with airplanes and helicopters as they used to be because it seems like you know it seems like telephones or cell phones if you would have taken over the world with kids yeah i think they still are and a lot of them are doing uh different games and things like that with uh where they're flight simulators and 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 using it at home so here they actually get to see it in action now when it comes to helicopters what types of fuel do those use how do they differ from airplanes and and is it the same fuel and how fast do they go? I mean, what are, what are we seeing here? Just so I guess parents out there listening can tell their kids when they get home, you know, hey, here's some, you know, neat statistics for you. Yeah, well, this will be discussed in a lot more detail if you actually come to the festival. But um, we're going to have the helicopters there that will show off their method of propulsion, which is probably what everybody sees those rotors spinning around and that's what's generating their lift as opposed to a plane which generates their lift by moving air over the wings so it's a much different design they work completely differently and all these changes and differences will be showcased at the exhibit this weekend so do the helicopters let's say used by life flight for example do they have a jet engine in them or is it a rotary what what is it they use so the two main different types of engines, like a piston and a jet, there's a bunch of in between, but those, we'll just focus on those for the discussion. But yes, those helicopters have a jet engine in them that cause those rotors to spin as fast as they do and generate their lift, just like how you would see a, a fighter jet has that engine in it as well that's just moving air across the wings. So you're talking about not only a jet engine, which I'm sure is a lot more expensive to maintain, you're talking about the need for jet fuel as well. Mm -hmm. and, and then when we look at, let's say, miles per gallon for a car, how does that compare to an airplane and the cost of fuel or a helicopter compared to, you know, a car? Well, the jet will obviously suck down fuel a lot faster than a, than a piston plane just because of design. I mean, it's literally mixing air in the fuel at the same time and catching it on fire all there in a matter of seconds. And it's just blowing out the back. And that's what produces that, that thrust. It's a miniature explosion is what it is. It's like a bomb going off seconds after each other. And these are all things tied to science, tied to math. I mean, these are all things that are part of... I guess steam uh, overall and, and that's a huge focus within the county school system the city school system and schools around the country mm -hmm. yeah absolutely mtsu is going to have their maintenance hangar opened wide up for showcase so everyone will actually get to see this is a jet engine they have a large one that would designed to go in airliners as well as piston planes turbo fans ramjets and all sorts of different designs um, and this mtsu jet engine that they have which is uh, on rollers so mm -hmm. they can move it i guess from area to area yeah uh, but you're able to see basically exactly what a jet engine looks like without the cover on top of it without it being in an airplane without it being in a helicopter or, or whatever mm -hmm. they're used for but you're able to see it and the workings of it up close. Absolutely. And that's one of the many things on display at this upcoming STEAM event. What else can we expect to see out there? 
One of the uh, one of the EA guys are going to be bringing a flight simulator out there, and I think our Civil Air Patrol will also be having a simulator. But uh, also uh, EAA will be having some of their home-built aircraft as well as some aircraft that have been re- restored. Uh, anything else, Ryan, that we can... Yeah, the uh, T-34 Association yeah. is going to come visit as well. It's an, it's an old naval, naval trainer. You'll see him up in Annapolis, Maryland, quite a bit nowadays. Um, but the exciting thing is that I'm, you know, Experimental Aircraft Association, they're going to have those aircraft that fly out of MTSU every day. Kids will have the opportunity to not only sit in those aircraft, but touch the controls and then come inside, and we'll have a flight simulator where they can fly that exact same plane out of Murfreesboro. That's pretty cool. How, how realistic are the flight simulators of today? Well, uh, the mainstream software, Microsoft Flight Simulator is what it's called. I mean, it's come a long way depending on your computer setup. I mean, it's it, it's pretty amazing. You can get down to the details where you have to flip a switch to, you know, make that plane start. Uh, but these will be very user-friendly, designed to just give kids experience to push forward on the throttle and, and do their thing. So. Nationwide, I believe there is a pilot shortage, and a lot of commercial companies are seeking to fill positions for commercial airline businesses and, and commercial airlines in general. In fact, I know there's been partnerships with MTSU and commercial airline companies in order to train and, and teach those future pilots, then immediately put them into the cockpit so that they're flying commercially. What does this equate to locally at the local airport on the local level? Sure, that's that's why you're seeing the in, influx in, in a lot of flights out of the Murfreesboro Airport right now. Uh, MTSU has a uh, aerospace program where they're training professional pilots. And within the last four or five years, you've seen a huge intake uh, uptake in their enrollment in the ProPilot program. Uh, the demand by the airlines and the military is so high that they are, like you said, they're hiring straight out of out of college. Some of our some of the the students that we hire and and work with us out at the airport are already lined up to have a job with Republic and Endeavor. Some of these airlines that feed Delta and American and United, all these different air, main airlines, and they've got a job as soon as they hit a thousand hours of flight training and, and time. They're up there training with the airline. And when it comes to those who are training to be a pilot, a future you know, passenger jet pilot, you said a thousand hours is that, I guess, that monumental moment for a lot of people as they go into the commercial industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's the big step. Now, most folks, uh, it's 1,500 hours, but because MTSU is an accredited school, uh, those students only have to get about a thousand hours, which is a real benefit to the university and their students that are going through that program. Now, how are things like math used within the cockpit? Because I know there's a million kids out there who tell their parents, "Mom, I'll never use this, whatever it is in school, in real life." But well, what- yet, when it comes to math. I think there are some real life uses. <laughs> well, one of the first things that uh, that you learn as a pilot is we're going to want to make sure that we we get to our next location and have enough fuel to get there. So we're going to do fuel calculations. The uh, aircraft uh, we need to do a weight and balance, meaning how much weight can we put on that aircraft and still be able to maintain flight in that aircraft, and where do we put the uh, weight in that aircraft? It's a a lot of calculations. I would uh, say that's kind of important. Yeah, exactly. In <laughs> uh, in our cross country flights, they're they're calculating all kinds of different things, and we're using weather and and 
a lot of math and a lot of science. Again with us this morning, Chad Gerke with the Murphy's Pro Municipal Airport and also Ryan Holsey. And we're talking about the upcoming STEAM Festival that will take place at the Murphy's Pro Municipal Airport. And again, that's taking place Saturday. And what time does that start at the airport? So kicks off at 9 a.m. We'll be set up and ready for everybody for the public. And at 1 o'clock is when you'll see exhibit starts closing up and, and, and heading out. Okay, so 9 to 1 this coming Saturday at the Murfreesboro Airport. Now, going back to the lessons that will be learned by those in attendance and what's being taught in schools when it comes to STEAM, you were talking about how you have to measure and, and, and get the numbers correct for how much fuel to carry, how much weight you're going to have on the actual plane, how far of a trip it's going to be. I'm curious, after saying all that, when it comes to commercial airlines, when they're saying, okay, we're going to fly X amount of people from Nashville to Florida, are they having to figure in, as those people get on board, how much they weigh? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From an airline standpoint, they take uh, there's an average weight of a you know an adult male or children, and they they calculate that all this is getting punched into their system as they sell tickets and as they take on fuel and as they're figuring out where they're going. All that's automatic, and it figures it out. So when a pilot, an airline pilot, gets a hold of it, all these calculations have been done for them. But this math is definitely getting done every single flight. And that's, that's another program at MTSU is the flight dispatchers. And they're trying to do the calculations for the pilots and the crew and all that. And a, a lot of that work gets then handed to the pilot. They check it over, check the aircraft. So it's, it's quite a system, and they're all using math and science. So these larger commercial jet planes, do they have a system that shows the pilot before they even take off what their current weight is? after everybody's boarded i believe so they're take you know whenever you take your luggage there you want to make sure it's less than 50 pounds and it's a you know you can oh good you know <laughs> no extra fees but they're calculating that they're doing some weights and measures you know they they talk about if you've you've seen some articles about uh, american airlines just cutting back on how much water or how much uh, crackers they put on board that just saved them so much money you know o over a year's time uh, so, yeah, all that stuff is being calculated. So there's actual reasons why they say, yeah. well, you can only have a, a carry-on and then your your actual luggage, no more than 50 mm -hmm. pounds per bag. Mm -hmm. There's actual reasons behind it. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I always thought that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it is interesting to better understand, I think, the breakdown for the reasons why mm -hmm. they need to know the exact weight. and. A lot of it revolves around your safety mm -hmm. as a passenger. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, this is the fun thing about the STEAM Festival, I think, is uh, uh, my wife's a, a, a math teacher at Thurman Francis Arts Academy, and, and uh, she really enjoys finding what X and Y is. Uh, but here at the airport, you can actually see what X and Y is and, and, and why those numbers are so important and how we get to them and, and how we use them every day. That's kind of the fun part of it. Now, at the Murfreesboro Airport, a lot of changes over the years. I know just about two years ago, you went from a 1950s-era building to brand-new, state-of-the-art building, yeah. and that was definitely something that was needed. But I, I, I still can't believe y'all were in the same building from, <laughs> what, 1952 up to 2020? Right, and that's, you know, that's really uh, uh, showing that uh, th that was a conscious effort 
right now to make that change for economic development in the city? You know, as companies come into Murfreesboro, the first thing they see, the first impression they get is coming through the airport if they flew in. And uh, so that's a big impression. And also, it's a the way that building was designed was really to get the community out there. Our, our event center, the business center and in and, and that area, uh, people are renting that for parties, for meetings, for uh, just different types of events out there and that's really getting the community out to the airport and seeing what a what a great asset they have out there at, at uh, 1930 memorial do you see like let's say ceos of different corporations nationwide and then their maybe their entire board do you see them coming to landing at the murfreesboro airport to have a meeting with somebody in rutherford county about the idea of them building and developing whatever business it is, in Rutherford County? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we get uh, corporate aircraft on a regular basis. Um, one recent event is when we were opening up the uh, the new, uh, not Sam's Club, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Costco? Costco, Costco. Yeah. yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Not only was their Costco executive flying in, but the uh, construction company that was building it were flying in on a regular basis to coordinate that that construction. Um, but we also have uh, charter companies that are flying in corporate executives on a regular basis as well. So a lot of those who do fly into the Murfreesboro Airport, are, are they conducting business in Rutherford County or are they getting in a car and driving elsewhere? What What is that ratio? You know, like 50% are usually staying in Rutherford County or 50% are headed to Nashville, Knoxville, you name it. I'd probably say about majority of them. You know, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say 70 are staying within Rutherford County, sometimes even within Murfreesboro. Um, And then as part of our new terminal building, we have meeting spaces available. So if we have corporate executives flying in, they can have their meeting right there at the airport and then go about their day. Mm-hmm. And again, that STEAM Festival, I know that's why you are here, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of other cool stuff happening mm-hmm. within the Murfreesboro Airport. The STEAM Festival is this coming Saturday, 9 a.m. till 1. As we close this morning, where do you see the Murfreesboro Airport in a few years? Let's say the next five to ten years, because you're kind of landlocked mm-hmm. where you are. Yeah, we're, we're about to start a new airport layout plan. And we're going to be looking at that. You know, we're going to be looking at the uh, transition with MTSU to see what impact that has. We have a high demand for businesses that want to position their aircraft here in Murfreesboro. So I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of a corporate entity type uh, experience out there on the campus. And then there's a high demand for people that own aircraft for either their personal or businesses. And you'll see some uh, higher demand for that type of uh, hangars and, and facilities to support them as well. Will we see larger jets landing at the airport? No, I think you're going to see the type of business jets and aircraft that you have today that are going in and out of, out of there, just because not only of the runway length, but also its weight-bearing capability. Again, math is in there yeah. <laughs> as to how much weight that asphalt can, can handle. So the larger aircraft that you do see land there, they would be what, 10 to 15 passengers? Give yes. us an idea. Yeah, that's, that's typically what we see as far as our business-type aircraft is a 10 to 12-foot, 12-passenger 12 aircraft. There may be some that come in a little bit larger, but those are pretty rare. So 10 to 12 actual Mm -hmm. passengers plus 
perhaps two pilots mm-hmm. up front. Um, but that still is, is a fairly good-sized jet oh, yeah. airplane. You know, we're really blessed in this area. We have uh, Murfreesboro, as far as businesses coming in, to be able to fly in here and check on their business. Smyrna can take just about anything and everything that you want, as far as cargo and passenger and corporate. And then you've got BNA, which is just expanding tremendously to take care of the demand for people that are wanting to fly to, in and out of Nashville to everywhere around the world. And again, for those listening who have youngsters or if you're curious yourself to learn more about uh, the airline industry, the Murfreesboro Airport, or or just planes in general, the Murfreesboro Municipal Airport is hosting this upcoming STEAM Festival that will be on Saturday between 9 a.m. and 1 o'clock. And this is free to attend, right? Yes, absolutely. And to learn more, where can they go? Come to uh, the Murfreesboro Airport, 1930 Memorial Boulevard, or check out our website on the city, uh, murfreesborotn.gov. Sounds great. Again, with us this morning, Chad Gerke and Ryan Holsey. And we've been talking about the Murfreesboro Airport and the upcoming STEAM Festival to take place this coming Saturday. Well, thanks both for joining us.